This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. I don't have the, the perfect answer, so I'm not going to bash any ideas that were thrown on the table. Obviously, it's not ideal for anybody, but the situation is ideal. And I think that whatever scenario that we choose is going to be winners and losers and risk and things that we have to decide that, that we're willing to give up. I think for the most part, we've been all on the same page saying pretty much everybody wants to play if we can figure it out and if we can't then we just we, we cancel it and, and go from there but I think the league is doing everything in its power to, to put something together that we can we can finish out the season Fred Van Vliet I was supposed to guess that <laughs> I would have been guessing for days <laughs> weeks yeah. would have never got there yep would have never got there yeah Who Van Vliet became very popular during that run last year for the Toronto Raptors, though, right? Became pretty popular this year as well. I mean, the Raptors are doing good. But was he doing well, though? I mean, yeah. was it partly because of him? I mean, he's playing. Yeah, yeah he's a good ball player, but he doesn't like, get any love. But. Well, I would say it was like, I mean, the three players for Toronto that they would probably highlight would be Siakam, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Lowry, and then probably Van Vliet. And a, there's a few others. I don't want to slight anybody, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, so but, Van Vliet's in the mix. Yeah. But, I mean, his coming out party was during the postseason yeah. last year. Like It, it was, he, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously... Kawhi Leonard carried the team, yeah. but he had some huge moments. Yeah, absolutely. And I think didn't I think he was on the bench last year. Came off the bench. Yeah, I um, think, uh, yeah. And then, but this year, I think he's like a full blown starter. Mm-hmm. So actually, he went to Wichita. I thought he went to uh, VCU, but Wichita State. Okay, uh, I get confused. The Shocks. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. I could not play undrafted, basketball by right the way. now. Undrafted. Fun well, fact. Uh, yeah, it's a little. It well, feels, well, if you don't get drafted, man, like. It's, it's a tar, it's, it's a t- tough slope to climb up. I feel. I, like. Well, heck, if you get drafted in the second round, it's yeah, a tough, it's a tough slope, slope for sure in the NBA. I, yeah. I wonder what the percentage is of undrafted guys on I mean, rosters. We're talking Van Vliet. We're talking Ben Wallace. Got nobody else. Was one who, on the who Sixers. Was? Oh, Robert Covington was. Uh, well, I'm pr- pretty sure. Yeah, undrafted. Yeah. Yeah. Came up through. You'd it. almost think there was a better chance because they only have two rounds, and you get undrafted guy. But did for they just sure. not miss as much in the NBA? I guess that's going to be a good list and, to look up top and, undrafted and players of all time. I also think you wonder how that's impacted from uh, the European influence, you know? Well, and that's a lot of it, too. You know, if you don't make it into the NBA, you have, well, the G League or maybe go... Go to Europe. Go to Europe, go to China. Or go to anywhere, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the move. Although now a lot of the college stuff is is changing. I mean the one uh, one of the players that's one of the top prospects yeah, decides yeah. to go to the G League instead. So yeah, that is that interesting goes. in itself. Uh, you guys brought up an interesting topic uh, that we'll share in just a moment. But first, I got to get this out of the way. I need a doctor. I feel like <laughs> okay. Did, did you want to hear the top undrafted players quick or not? Yeah, uh, Brad Miller. <laughs> the, he's number two. Ben Wallace, number one. All right, Brad Miller, number two, Avery Johnson, number three, Daryl Armstrong, John Starks. I don't know. This isn't really an order, though. It can't be an this order. Is Brad order. Miller was number no, two? No, this isn't an order. Right? I was going to say, don't trust this website. Wallace is in a league of his own, then. Don't, don't trust this website, sportscasting.com. Put you guys on blast. But John Starks undrafted. Uh, we got David Wesley undrafted. Jose Calderon undrafted. <laughs> Wesley Matthews out of Marquette undrafted. Bruce Bowen um, and Roger Bell. That's about it, man. Oh, uh, Udonis Haslam, huh? pretty legit. Jeremy Lin, say. Jeremy Lin, J.J. Brera. So there you go. All right, just thought I'd throw those out there. Brera was from he was he from like Northeastern? 
Oof, Brent. It's going to be a heck <laughs> hey, of a pull. Where is JJ? Okay. Um, doesn't he goes, plays the... college basketball at Northeastern. Come on. Is Come that your on. final answer? Come on. Final answer. Right. Final answer. JJ Barrera, Northeastern. Let's go to the Wikipedia page and. Um, yeah, Northeastern. Yeah, baby. What a pull on a Wednesday. Yeah, Northeastern. Good call. Where's that? <laughs> it's outside of Boston. Okay, I got you. Say, it's say, in how Northeastern. Did you, how did you get that? I don't know why. I remember J.J. Barea from Northeastern. Like, who would remember? Did he go to the NCAA tournament or something? I have no who idea. Who knows any J.J. Barea facts? That's, like, more obscure than T.J. McConnell. He's the backbone of the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, unless you're Puerto Rican, do you really know who J.J. Barea is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you're from Northeastern, you do. I guess you do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I need a doctor. I can't play basketball right now. I was just telling Austin this. We went to heat up food, which I never eat anymore during the show. It takes three minutes to heat up the food, and then by the time I come back, it's it's uh, back into a regular segment, and then it's cold. So yeah, yeah. I'm losing weight uh, here we, on the pandemic. Do we get a microwave in here? That <laughs> wouldn't be bad, so we don't have to yeah. walk all the way down. Hey, and by the way, if there's Domino's pizza in here, yeah, can someone please let us know? Oh, yeah, there's Domino's. Thanks yeah. for the heads Fantastic. Up. It's right Maybe there. I'm like lugging all my food up the stairs yeah. today, and there's Domino's pizza. Yeah. I could just had that. And by the way, there was one full Hawaiian like, yes, pineapple and ham. Nobody, was, nobody was touching that. Quarantine that pizza. <laughs> I was, I was Quarantine eating, that pizza. I was actually, not going to lie. I was eating one. I was like, this tastes way different. And I was talking to the OKVP. I was eating a vegan pizza. From Domino's? I guess. Oof. It was different. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Uh, very nice way to put it. Uh, thanks for the Domino's, though. But you're, you're in need of a doctor. Well, it hurt to walk down there. So I'm asking Austin. So brave, by the way. I, I'm asking Austin. I'm like, what part of your foot is this? Yeah. You know, because basically I have this. Uh, here's a story, okay? With an MMA fighter here on the show. I may have gotten hurt on the golf course. <laughs> like I'm really trying to I'm trying to wonder if I got hurt on the golf course. Yeah. Which by the way I have broken a bone in my hand uh, on the golf course before, small bone on the top, hitting out of the rough. It's con- no, actually be, be honest, you got ticked off and slammed your club in the no, ground. No, I didn't. Vibration. No, I've done that. Okay. I've broken like three clubs during Nicole's the pandemic. Got something with Seriously? her shoulder yeah. because of that. Same thing where you have to like hit into the ground. To yeah, do it. yeah, She's got something with it, her shoulder. This was actually at TPC on the 16th hole. There's like this grass bunker near the water, and I don't even know if it is there anymore. I don't think it is, but uh, and, you know it's, it's the thick, thick, thick stuff. And so I was like, man, that hurt. You know, yeah. like it kind of jammed in the ground. And I looked it up um, online, and they said most common. So there's a small bone, like in the top where you're near your wrist and your hand, okay. top of your hand. Yeah, yeah. And they said most commonly broken by amateur golfers. <laughs> it actually says whatever that name of that bone is. Says I'm, I'm not playing it. The fact that said amateur golfers. <laughs> what an ego. Let you know hit. about yeah, it, man. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, I did, and it hurt for a little bit, but it's yeah, nothing yeah. you do about it. You just it, it heals up, I guess. Well, this one, I'm, I'm playing golf the other day, and. Like the thirteenth hole, all of a sudden my like lower part of my shin, mm-hmm. top of my foot or ankle area starts hurting. Like when I'm walking stuff, because I was walking playing golf, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. What I don't know what it is. Maybe I shin splints or something. We've been sure. walking so much, yep. Steph and I, and so I'm like eight miles a day. And plus on the golf, I was like, ah, maybe that get shin splints. That's weird, but it didn't hurt too too bad. Well, it starts hurting more mm-hmm. and more and more. And it freaking hurts. 
Like, really hurts. Like, last night, marshmallow baseball, I could not take a swing. So I had to actually pivot my, my back foot yeah. so I could swing. You'd be the first person to go on IR from golf. <laughs> I almost went on the marshmallow Amateur. baseball league DL. <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> I almost went on the DL. Like, I was like, I don't know if I can play. And uh, it is killing me. I tried to look it up, and I can't find it. I used to – I ran cross-country when I was back uh, in high school. It was the worst thing I ever did in my life. But I never got shin splints. I can't believe you did that. I man. was awful. It's the only thing I ever quit, too. Can, can I ask you why you did season, that, though? Because I didn't – I the, the story behind why I ran cross-country is I was in the bleachers at a meeting to play volleyball. Men's I volleyball? wanted to do something in the fall. And so in the fall, we had boys volleyball. Huh. Uh, and or boys I, volleyball, yeah. Yeah, mm. I wasn't a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're playing volleyball. So, yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, well, we actually had a pretty good volleyball team, but I know nothing about the sport. Like, How, nothing. how do you go to school in Rhode Island and you have a volleyball, men's volleyball team? We had a volleyball yeah. in Seriously? We had one, yeah. Oh, Wisconsin, you're we slacking. My bad. Uh, by the way, uh, I will tell you this little note. Rocco Baldelli, okay. who obviously ended up playing in the bigs. He's manager of the Twins now. Sure. Unbelievable volleyball player. Huh. Could have gone to UCLA, Penn State, all the big ones to play volleyball. Could wow. jump out of the gym. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So a little, little known fact. Uh, but that wasn't at my high school. Yeah. But we're a decent volleyball team, I guess. Mm-hmm. I later found out. But anyway, I'm sitting there, and I know nothing about volleyball. And now, meanwhile, you know how Ty's small? Well, Dad was small <laughs> in 10th grade. Yeah. We didn't have freshman. We just went 10, 11, 12 in high school. Okay. So it was my sophomore year. And uh, I'm like, I'm probably 5'2". Yeah, you could have been a setter or a well, Libra again, or whatever. I, have, I don't know. Libra. They didn't have that. At the, the, oh. uh, yeah, they didn't have that oh. um, at that time. Yeah. I don't, I don't think terms. they did. Okay. Uh, libero, by the way. So I'm sitting there, and they're doing the introductions, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm like five foot one. Everybody <laughs> else is like five, eleven, six, one. It's a, You know, it's they're all tall. Volleyball's a tall sport. Yeah. So I kind of get off the bleachers after. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this. Well, right that like that moment, the cross country coach is like, "Hey, we're down. We don't have many cross country. You want to run cross country?" Yeah. Like, uh That should have been your first sign. They were they were recruiting. Yeah, they're they're, they're <laughs> desperate. Obviously, they yeah. were desperate. Yeah, yeah. And so desperate. So and be honest, you kind of felt important. You're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I feel like Zion like, right, Williamson. Like, I'm yeah, really just trying to stay in shape me. for baseball and sure, all this stuff. Sure. So well, what the heck? I'll Why do not? It. Let's go. Oh, it was the worst thing I ever did. It was the worst. I sh- and by the way, I ended up going to volleyball games. And the volleyball stuff was exciting, man. I mean, yeah. the place was packed. It was loud. Electric. And I ended up marrying Steph, who played volleyball. Yeah. We, like, played intramurals together. Like, it, I should have played volleyball. You should have played volleyball, man. And no I one's coming to watch cross-country, let's be honest. And you didn't have to be tall. Yeah, of course. No one's coming to watch you play, cross, or play to run cross-country. So the story on the cross-country, if I haven't told you this before, is I was a sophomore. They needed more varsity runners. So I run varsity, but I'm not good. Like, I'm not any good. I'm just doing this just to do it. You go on these damn seven-mile runs around East Providence, Rhode Island, yeah. and I'm, like, hating every minute of it. Yep. But I participate in the state meet and finished dead last <laughs> because they needed enough runners to qualify. Well, so I had to least, come up. I mean, <laughs> did you at least get like your varsity letter for your jacket? I guess I didn't have one of those, but uh, you didn't have a letter jacket. No. Oh, dude. Uh, be honest. Cause you didn't, you didn't really get a lot of medals, right? So <laughs> is, that, is, is that what it was? Well, I would have lettered. Let's see. Is that what it was? Years, I would have lettered in. You didn't two, get a lot. Four, six, though, huh? seven. 
I would have had All seven right. of them. Dude, you want to talk about me, man? They, they, they used to thank me for my service. My my, <laughs> my my jacket, I was like General Patton, bro. Because remember, I had the band medals, too. So, like, every band competition, you got a medal. So, I had track medals, band medals, football medals, basketball medals. Dude, General Patton, thank you for your service, Austin Lane. <laughs> I, I was crushing it. My, my, my jacket, man, weighed 50 pounds. Now, did I wear it a lot? No, because it didn't fit me. But it's not the point. You know what I'm saying? It's not the point. I actually got pulled away from track and field. In Like, I got recruited to play ultimate frisbee for our school. <laughs> they had ultimate frisbee Yeah, at your so, school? like, I broke my collarbone and couldn't do the pole vault stuff. <laughs> so I was just chilling. Frisbee? And the guy's like, hey, man, when you heal up, you should come play ultimate frisbee with us to get back in shape. And I started doing it. And yeah. I liked that more than pole vault. So I just... Started playing on our ultimate frisbee team. What is it called? A Letterman jacket? Letterman jacket? Yeah. Letterman jacket. Yeah. I'm asking right now if people had this. This show has taken a turn for the worse, but uh, in high school. But anyway, so I, I, I finished last in the state of Rhode Island in yeah. cross country and quit. After yeah. that, that was well, the last time I ever ran cross country until I went to college and I thought I was running cross country because we ran so much for college baseball. But yeah. for some stupid reason, I wasn't a pitcher, yeah. but we ran like all the time yeah. and a lot. And I felt like I was on the cross country team, but I should have played volleyball. That was the moral of the story. Well, you're going to find out what kind of athletes you have following you here on Twitter because <laughs> yeah, I mean, the athletes are going to have Letterman jackets. Dude, how'd you have a Letterman jacket? Yeah, I didn't. Because uh, like th- that was the thing, at least like in Wisconsin. Where, I understand. You know, it's I mean, a thing in high school. It, yeah, and of course, been... if you're dating somebody, then they wear that Letterman's jacket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, like, but that was like... there was always controversy. Guys from other towns, girls were rocking their jackets, and then it caused a big, you know, dilemma. And man, I, it's a real deal. I don't. Coos, when you went to high school, was the Letterman jacket a thing? Our football team did have a jacket. Yes. See, I feel like I feel like the Letterman jacket. Like, was there a stage where it was like, all right, that's not really cool anymore. That's like, mm, I'm not saying it was cool, okay? Because I, I didn't really rock it a lot. Because once again, it didn't really see, fit our, me. Our okay. football team every game day they would wear it during school. See, like but Friday. we actually we had our own like football jackets as well. So we had a Letterman jacket and we had a football. Maybe jacket. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Then. Yeah. But they had like a jacket they would wear. Well, they got the football players. I think wore their jerseys to school. They didn't yeah, wear their jackets, yeah, that's what but we they did wore as well. jerseys, yeah. if I remember correctly. Is that tradition still going on? Uh, it has to, right? I, I would should, imagine. For sure. Yeah, it probably should. Uh, you bring up a good point, though. How does East Providence, Rhode Island, have a boys' volleyball team? Yet, you know, down in like St. John's County, there is not boys' volleyball. Yeah. It's, uh, there's We're not even Florida, man. Yeah. And they should. They should have it's volleyball. Crazy. Did you guys have wrestling? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, big in these guys. Uh, wrestling as well. So, well, anyways, getting back to your football. What were we though, talking about? We we're talking about your your calf and your injuries. Oh yeah, so, so I think I hurt myself on the well, golf course, the thing, which makes me feel very manly. Here's the thing: we got to check out right here, Brent. Right, because I'm a I'm a residential f- uh, a foot expert. That's the back of my foot. Yeah, so we have to check out if you have um, over supination. Supination when, when you walk. That means I walk. That's what I think it is on yeah. the side of my foot. Yeah, and it could add pressure to the outside of your foot. All right, so check it out. I feel like I can't move it like I broke my ankle, but there's no way I broke my ankle then. on the golf course. I, I hope not, man. I'm not going I to mean, admit come on, that. This is a sports show. I'm not even going to the doctors if that happens. Well, this is a sports show. The last thing I want you to come in here with crutches and a scooter. A jeopardy after his yeah. goal wingo <laughs> How, how legitimate are we going to be if Brett Martineau broke his foot in golfing? I know. That's the great I- irony here. It's like you you come in a day after your fight after getting punched in the face and, and stitches. We're all good. Yeah. In, in a cage. And how, meanwhile, I can't walk in here gonna, because I 
hurt myself playing golf. How are you going to interview at training camp on a scooter, having to pedal up to a football player? They ask you what's going on. Oh, don't worry about it. I heard a golfing. Uh, so anyways, so it's pretty hot here today. How'd practice go? Like, come on, man. Yeah, I'm a little afraid of that. Think about the brand. We got jobs at stake here, Brent. We got to go, it. man. I know it. But did they, you said that CBD oil worked for you coming off the fight. Maybe it will work for my foot. <laughs> you never know, man. Just give a nice little hot tub of uh, CBD oil coming at you. Uh, all right. Hey, let's get to an NBA topic real quick. Uh, I, I could claim that I hurt my ankle playing for the Giants or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Clues, you brought up a topic, or one of you guys brought up a topic. Uh, 90s styles. Thinking of the Michael Jordan stuff. Would all their style of play, whether it's Rodman or, or Jordan or name your, name your player, mm-hmm. uh, would it translate to today's game? Are, are they transcendent amongst any era of, of NBA basketball? I mean, yeah. players are, right? LeBron could play in any generation, in my opinion, be great. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. We know Jordan could have been, too, and would be, and, and he'd be great. But in terms of stylistic play, would it be as good? You know, keep in mind now, Jordan's not a very fair commentary here because mm-hmm. he cr- changed the game. And he created a whole generation. It's like asking that same Tiger Woods question now. Yeah. And and Tiger's created a generation in golf, so he's changed the game. So, yeah, Michael would fit in, but there'd be a lot more Michaels mm-hmm. nowadays. Uh, so he'd certainly fit. His style would fit. Well, and Go I'd say, look, at, just look, you know, from the last stands, right? When you see those end scores, right? It's like 86 it, it's to wild. 77. The pace of play has picked up so much. Like, I actually do want to go back and look at those seasons and see if if there was a pace of play stat that could show how fast they were moving. Because, I mean, the the games today, if they're not getting in the you know hundred range for scoring, it's kind of surprising, you know. So that's a lot faster game. But I would say I, I would also think players would adapt to that. Like back then, if that's the style of play that was happening then you adjust your game accordingly. And, and I think if you get yourself to the NBA like that, then you can adjust your game or you force your game on other people's throats like the Grizzlies used to do with the grit and grind. Slow it down, play our style. You're going to play our style even if you're playing fast. So I think I think players would have been able to, to handle it. I always find it funny when they talk about that because, you know, back then you had like Shaq. You had these dominant big men when now it's more – Everybody's about the same size on the court, it seems like, and everyone's just athletic, and you kind of go small ball. Um, but I think if you have a dominant big man, you know, an Andre Drummond or someone like that, and you build your team around it, then then it can be effective. So I think, like, talk about guys like Akeem Olajuwon. Like, Akeem Olajuwon could play in any decade, right? Where You would think so, yeah. Yeah, and so you got him... Um, I think Carl Malone's another great example, you know, like, but you have to remember, like, the, the game has changed out from the physicality standpoint. That's so, the biggest so, thing, right? That, that's the biggest thing, right? So, like, how good would Patrick Ewing be? You know, I think, obviously, Shaq would be dominant in any era because Shaq's Shaq. Yeah, okay, like, the, just the, a monster. That, of him. Yeah, like, his size, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a three-point shooting league or a, a physical team. Like, no one's going to stop Shaq, all right? Shaq's always going to get his points. But then you have, like, players like, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, you know, Scottie Pippen, for example. All right, Scottie Pippen. How would his game translate? Because Scottie Pippen was always, like, he was the guy on fast breaks. He played pretty solid defense. But, like, it's a scorer's league now, though, right? And, like, MJ was always a scorer. Now, yeah, Scottie scored, too, as well. But, like, I wonder if Scottie's game would really translate. And well, I don't want to do it to your boy here, but this is more of an 80s thing than a 90s thing. But one could wonder how good Larry Bird would be right now. 
This I'm is racist, saying. by the way. I, I, it has nothing to do with John Stockton <laughs> killing it right now in the NBA. All right, I'm not bringing race into it. T.J. McConnell's killing it, so I'm not saying anything to do with a white it, player or a black player. All I'm talking about is those Larry Bird hips. Okay, those Larry Bird do, need some WD-40 hips. Like, because <laughs> Larry Bird he was a spot-up shooter, man. Like, I didn't see him create a shot a lot. Now I wasn't born when he was playing, but I got that highlight video that you sent me, and I'll be honest. Wasn't impressed. All right, didn't do anything for me. So I think maybe Larry Bird would have some problems transitioning to the modern uh, NBA athlete. I try to compare players so a racist. lot, like like what they would be like. And with the Scottie Pippen thing, I think he would because you look at the Golden State Warriors when they were doing the run. The Iguodala, who was like the do it all guy, he locked down defensively LeBron when he had to, but also would put up decent scoring numbers he wasn't the go-to scorer on the team obviously that was mm-hmm. for Pippen it was Michael Jordan for Iggy you had you know Clay and Steph and uh, I believe Kevin Durant for for one of the years as well so it's like I think it would have worked it just probably wouldn't have been you know if, if Pippen was putting up 33 points and having a defensive game or something like that it would have been more Iggy style where it's like 16 points and eight rebounds and really good defensive play on the best player or something yeah. like that. By the way, Larry Bird was not just a spot-up shooter. <laughs> pass the ball, rebound, triple-double. So Larry Bird now would, would get triple-doubles every night hey, because and, that's all guys try to you do. You put Anthony Davis on Larry Bird, and Larry Bird would say that his foot's hurting like, like yours is right now. <laughs> like, like what, what, what are you doing? Larry, Larry Bird? Bird would spin Anthony Davis in circles. Oh. <laughs> Fred, you, you can't honestly say that. Yes. You, you can't. Go Dude, back and watch tape. I have seen tape. He runs like Forrest Gump at the beginning of the movie when Forrest Gump got those braces on. <laughs> oh he's my. like, it hurts. You know, like, that's, that's Larry Bird in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. He's got a good three-point shot. And once again, Wait, exactly. I'm, not, I'm not being racist. Okay, if, if a black dude was a, like Reggie Miller, what would Reggie Miller's game translate, do you think, right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I but, mean, but I think, once again, maybe a little racial here, but I think Reggie Miller was maybe a little more athletic, had a little better hip fluidity than Larry Bird did. No, he was Steph Curry before <laughs> Steph Curry. Now, that's what I'm saying. Like, if he's got a good shot and can shoot a three, then you're then you're in the league. That's the thing. It's like you almost could make the case that Larry Bird would thrive more now <laughs> with the way the game is spread out. This, it is spread out. Until Kawhi Leonard says what's up. <laughs> Until, uh, Larry Bird might... Might be a good look role up, player. Look and up like on my team. Like look up a guy like team, Joe Ingles. Right I hate you more than huh? Michael Jordan hates look, Isaiah yeah, Thomas. Look at, look, at, look at a guy named Joe Ingles. That's who Kuz is comparing hey. to. Larry Bird's the hey Joe, Joe Ingles, Ingles is the modern is day Larry like Bird. Twenty plus points a night off threes. How many jerseys is Joe Ingles selling right now? In Australia, probably a lot. He's huge. I mean, in Australia. I'll be honest. Who does Joe Ingles even play for right Utah now? The Jazz? Jazz. Okay, I figured that. But he's not a household name. Let's be honest, Kuz. No, but for Jazz players, they know who he is. He's like the second scorer on that team behind Don. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Cole, Gobert is their big guy. Cole, Joe Ingles, their three point shooter. Maybe Joe Ingles, the, the next oh, generation, baby. I'm the not comparing him to that. I'm just saying oh, a guy who you I'm don't perceive it. as athletic. People joke about how he looks like a teacher, and he's out here balling out, dropping threes. Do you so believe it, a guy from small town Wisconsin has this kind of hate and vitriol for Larry Bird? <laughs> I mean, do you know what they're still playing at Wisconsin in terms of basketball? They march five white guys out on the court every single game. On that swing offense. No, you better check your eyes a little bit and see those new school Wisconsin players. They had like two black guys last year starting for the team. Unheard of. You, you, you should have saw it. There's like they actually had the stands like stand up in like a moment of silence because history is being made. They had two black guys playing at Wisconsin. It was insane. See, so you, you don't know what's going on. You don't watch the news, bro. <laughs> Step the uh, game up. Here's the one I do. Here's two players I'll give you in terms okay. of translation. Yeah. Charles Barkley, would he win an MVP today? 
don't think he wins an MVP. I, I think he's too aggressive, man. I think his style, you know, the, the, the long mound of rebound, I don't think it translates well to the NBA or now. And Rodman, is he as dominant today? One, I give you athleticism because he had kind of some bounce and, and underrated athleticism as yeah. much as he's crazy. and everything. He didn't get credit for a lot of his skill set. Well, a lot of guys have that bounce. I mean, uh, it's like human pogo sticks playing basketball uh, in terms of everybody can rebound, you know, and yeah. now everybody's crashing the boards and everybody will get theirs. So I don't know if, if we're the, I guess the way to put it is are, were the rebounds more readily there See, but back in the in the nineties, I compare it to I compare it to Ben Wallace though. Like Ben Wallace was a big reason why the Pistons won a championship Absolutely. in the early two thousand. Yeah, right. And like Ben Wallace didn't score a lot. He, no, he, no, had one he of the, was that guy. He had one of the worst free throw percentages of all time. But like it worked for the Pistons, you know. So we're talking about Dennis Rodman, who I think is even more of an upgrade than Ben Wallace because Ben Wallace was never a tall center, right? But he was physical, um, you know, and, and he played within himself. I think Dennis Rodman can kind of be considered that same, you know, realm of guy. But the question is, is does his mindset, does his intensity, does his tenacity translate to the modern era and NBA now? Because, once again, there's a lot of ticky-tack falls out there. Well, not only that, but where does he live on a roster? Is there a guy like Rodman who scores three points but will grab 14 rebounds and you're making room for him on a roster? Or do you need too much scoring on your roster, on your team, where everybody's getting 15, 16 points See, a game? I, like think I, like, I think of like Haslam from the Heat. But, I mean, he has big points. He has like 20-point games as yeah. well. But Haslam makes his money getting rebounds and playing physical. The point, the point you, you know, I would, I would look at like Steven Adams of the Thunder. Or even maybe a, a Draymond Green. I know he scores a little bit more, but Draymond Green also perceived and as a Green's very the best comparison. Aggressive feels player. like yeah, and yeah. and I mean, but he's more off. Uh, he is an offensive threat. He is an he offensive has to be. threat yep, for sure. He is, but but I I would say you know Draymond Green is probably the closest comparison because he had like he can be really aggressive to the point that he gets himself in foul trouble sometimes, like in the in the finals when he when he ah, absolutely kicked, yeah you know and so. I, I would say yes, he he could. Drive. I just wonder. I mean, I do wonder in today's game, it's like everybody's going to be able to score. It's like it's yeah. like baseball today, right? I yeah. mean, in the 90s, but this isn't very long ago. In the 90s, you could have middle infielders hitting 225 cause, because they can field. Yeah. They're a plus defenders. Nobody cares about that anymore. Yeah. They'll give up an error or two to get a guy that can hit 290 instead mm-hmm. and has some pop. I, that's what I wonder in the NBA. I mean, do they, will they take a guy on the roster, play as many minutes, see it as a, a valued commodity to do what Rodman did, which is strictly just rebound and be physical and not be an offensive threat at all, almost at times be an offensive liability? Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a great point. I'm just going back to Larry Bird thinking how he's on defense. You know, like would he ever be a first team defense guy? Probably not. So he's a liability there. So I still enjoy the the Ingles comparison. I, th- I think that's the one we're going to go with here, Brent. Um, you can argue it all you want, but last time I checked, how many first team defenses did Larry Bird win? Probably not. Oh wait, hey, oh, oh wait, not many. Do you remember when Bird stole the ball? <laughs> I wasn't born yet, so probably not. Can we play that Pistons cut? Can we find that, please? And listen, Can we get I'm a little Johnny a, Most here. Listen, and, and, and I'm not trying to be a hater. I, I don't know. You I, are. I, <laughs> no, no, you are. How am I? I mean, Larry on line one. Brent, I'm, I'm just calling like I see it, man. Like I understand he's your hero, all right, and Mets your idol, but. You have to get off the sunshine and rainbows bus every once in a while and come back down to reality and understand that maybe his game doesn't really translate to the modern era NBA. Maybe his defense could be a liability a little bit. Just saying. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, The one thing that changed big time from the 90s to now Mm -hmm. is their loosening up of the illegal defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You were talking about the point scoring. 
And and that thing, when did that shift? I thought it was like in the early 2000s. It went all the way where they basically, you can play a little bit of zone defense now, you know, yeah, and yeah. they're not going to call it. But back then you couldn't. And that's why people would man up in the man-to-man defense. I mean, if you did do that, you could lock people up. Mm-hmm. And, and you could have more physical play. In man-to-man defense, you're going to have more physical play. Correct. So I think the this period of time where they wanted more scoring, that's why they loosened that up. They're like, hey, these games... This is like college basketball games sometimes. Yeah. And that is what jumps out at you. So like when Ty's watching or if a younger person's watching, yep. it's like the end of that game, it was 82 to 76. What? Yeah. That yeah. was the end of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they changed some of the rules defensively to allow that to happen. They wanted more scoring. They they valued that mm-hmm. um, from a viewership standpoint, which I think is the right call. And then also led, you know, on the way to the three point shot and the game changing and the spread. Uh, spreading out uh, mm-hmm. the geometry, if you will, of of the basketball court being different than it was in the nineties. How do you think James Harden players like that do back in like the nineties? Yeah, I mean, that's a great call, right? right? Because the, you would man him up, yeah, and, and you, somebody you're not would man those him easy up. Easy calls, man. You're not going to the free throw line thirty times a game. Well, you have to remember, there's two things that also I think would change. They they traveled in the NBA then. I remember people talking about, man, they get away with steps, but not like they do now. Mm-hmm. They they were a little bit more harsh on that, as I remember. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is carrying. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to dribble the basketball. Well, yeah. I think <laughs> Iverson changed that a bit, right? And I, sure. I don't know if it was just Iverson. But they... Like so many players were then carrying the basketball, which they do now. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. That they changed the rule. They softened the rule. Like you're allowed to do it. I mean, it's going to be egregious mm. for it to be called a carry. Yeah. Well, that uh, the way I remember it, even especially in the 80s, but in the early 90s, that wasn't the case. I mean, they, they were actually you, you would get called for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so you didn't have those little offensive. Uh, advantages where I think the rules now cater to the offense used to be just. Good old fashioned hard playing basketball, yeah. whether it's hard fouls, hard defense, and and obviously that man to man defense. I'm not telling you it's better and guys are tougher then. I just think the styles it's were different for- and it's purposeful. Uh, it's it's more entertaining now. Yeah, because there well, are points being scored. And let's be honest, it's probably as far as the career longevity is concerned. Obviously, everyone will have more longevity now in the NBA than you did probably in the early 90s. Yeah, and you could make the case, guys like Rodman and really those Detroit Pistons yeah. teams. You know, help change the physicality of the game because the NBA didn't want that. Yeah, they didn't want that black eye on the sport of being so physical that you were going to have brawls every and, game. And then to prove your point, Brent, for you know, for, for, for your Lord and Savior Larry Bird here, uh, three all defensive second teams. See that for Larry Bird? There's there like three teams back then, but it is what it is. It's all good. <laughs> three teams in the early nineties. It's all good though. I would it's say like three so teams. for the pace of play thing in the nineties, like uh, it looks like it was a pace of play of around like almost ninety. Right now, it's at like one hundred and five. Yeah, yeah. But that, again, I I think the main thing there is they allowed a softening of the defense. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a true zone. They don't allow the true zone defense. Yeah. But but that changed. They used to call. I remember illegal defenses being called all the time watching the games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when's the last time you saw an illegal defense ball? Well, I mean, when was the last time you saw a carry dude getting called? Can, can you imagine being the rep that calls a carry, honestly? You'd you get chastised. You'd be going out of the league for doing that. Imagine calling oh, a travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, we'll talk some football when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Larry Bird's the greatest. Very unrealistic. And then who gets to go in the bubble? They got to eat, right? You know, so if you even have everybody in the same hotel, you're going to make all the people that work at the hotel stay there, too? Maybe they have to. Security, 
people that clean the rooms, people that bring food in, food out, whatever supplies are needed. I mean, it's it's got to be a tight ship. And then somebody gets sick in that ship. It's almost like actually being on a cruise ship, right? <laughs> it's just, I don't know if there's any right answer. Well, there better be a right answer. Can't operate under that, Marcus Spears. Uh, let's just say this. You might not know if there's a right answer, but there better be some kind of decision at some point. I mean, somebody's got to be bold enough to make a decision. We'll talk more about that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Also had a question from yesterday. Did a little work on and at least small discussion of Scott Boris. Is he good or bad for baseball? You brought up a really good point. Maybe it's the teams that are that we should ask that question about, like the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, teams like that uh, that set the precedent. In, uh, and it was interesting researching Boris a little bit. On the outside, very casually, just kind of seeing reports and, and everything else about Boris, I'm like, I don't like that guy. Yeah. You read a little bit more into it, and you're like, eh, maybe he's got more grip on this thing than, than you give him credit for. So mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. You'd like him to be your agent, let's just say that. Of course, man. <laughs> I mean, like that's, that, that's like the who's who of a baseball guy, so absolutely. Well, and that's why, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he gets he's going to get – Get you paid, absolutely, and and what you think you're uh, you're worth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll see sure. what happens after this tax year. I might give him a call and see what I can do for uh, ESPN six ninety. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. No, I'm kidding. Uh, all right, uh, we have a senior shout out to get in here today, Let's and get it. congratulations to all the seniors. I know some folks are taking like AP tests and tests from home, and it's kind of like their final days of uh, yeah. of their high school careers. And obviously sports never came back. So a shout out to all the seniors out there. But we continue to ask you to submit your favorite senior to ESPN690.com. And we can share a shout out. Uh, and that happens tonight to Kai Clark Darabi from Providence High School. Uh, Diane Darabi is his mom. And Kai was an outstanding student at Providence, offensive MVP, and is headed to the University of Florida in the fall. His father, Farzan, his sister, Lila, and I are so proud of the young man. He has become truly a gift from God. So congratulations nice. to Kai Clark Darabi uh, from the Providence School. And congratulations to all the seniors once again. Senior shout-out here on ESPN 690 daily from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m., usually in the 4 o'clock hour. And you can uh, submit your favorite senior to ESPN690.com. So make sure... Uh, you go ahead and do that. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday edition of Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. It feels like Thursday to me for some reason. Uh, this week must be going pretty slow, even though it's a beautiful week. I did get this email uh, today on the uh, TV side. Apparently, video game sales are surging. And the other thing that came through was bike sales like if you go to walmart and academy and dicks and all those kind of places you're not going to find many bikes and 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 i'm sure the bicycle places as well yeah. uh, that are open bicycle sales are really good makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense yeah people are getting out there you know staying healthy um i wonder see that's what i've been wondering i wonder how like gyms are going to be able to like handle stuff again yeah. right like is there gonna be like a surge like it's new year's because if that's the case then the ymca can just chill and marinate for a, a month as far as i'm concerned i'm not gonna go to the ymca with 100 people getting back into it okay uh, you're not i gonna mean, be allowed to i, I mean it, i don't know true um so i wonder like if there's gonna be like this surge or if it's gonna be like well you know what we've been pretty good without the gym so let's just keep on going for runs outside or going for bike rides i'm curious i don't to see think how it goes so down. i can almost I guarantee you if there's there weren't restrictions it would 
would be like New Year's. It's going to be the surge, yeah. Yeah, I think Probably. the surge. And, uh, you know, we had Martin Rooney on with training for Warriors. Yeah, and, yeah. and I go to a place in Ponte Vedra with Coach Phil out there. And they just kind of opened up a soft kind of opening yep. in the last couple of weeks. But you're going to have less than 10 people in there at a time. So smaller groups. Uh, and those are the smaller gyms that you're kind of talking about. Yeah, those yeah. aren't the big, big gyms. So, I wonder, I, but I think, again, I mean, it, I say it. If you go work out in a gym, at least for me, and I think most people are like this, uh, not that most people are like me, and that's probably a good thing, but I think in this category they are. You can try it at home. You can do things at home, no yeah. doubt. You can get the exercise at home, uh, but it seems like it's amplified and you do it five times harder when you're in of a course, gym of course. And, and you're around well, other people doing it. I, that's at least me, and I'm guilty of it. So what's going to happen? And so, like, For instance, I, I lift weights and I do a lot of my weight training at the YMCA. What's going to happen with that then? Is it going to be like a certain number of people? So I think so. So it's like the Hunger Games where I have to help my, <laughs> my name gets called? Like I'm, I'm going to volunteer for tribute? Yeah, I think so. Well, here's the thing. Do you, I mean, do you take the stronger people or do you take like the weaker people? Because obviously the weaker people, they have something incentive where it's like, well, yeah, I want to get better, I want to get back in shape, and that's great. That's what the YMCA is all about. Or do you take the stronger people where it's like, well, you know what? I'm always in here, so I have a right to be here because I have to maintain what I have. Depends if you believe in Darwinism. Good Survival point. of the fist. Good point. Oh, I can't wait, man. Set him up. Let's go. I just have like an American Gladiators course to see like who can come through and go to the YMCA. I like that. Uh, Let's know, go. I, I don't know. But, you know, the gyms are in a tough spot, I think, because, you know, you got to really make sure you clean things off right after. And yeah. you, you got to make sure you do it, though. I mean, you can say you're doing it. <laughs> For sure. You got to make sure you're doing it uh, in, in that regard or it can spread quick. Hey, I want to talk a little football. Let's get uh, it. And uh, we talk a little more about the pandemic and also... You had a cool topic uh, that we hopefully we'll get to today. If not, we'll do it tomorrow uh, about some iconic pictures in sports. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey. He unarchived all of his Jags photos on Instagram. Yeah. What do we do? Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. I don't have Instagram. So, hoping you you would tell me. It was, so it was an article on like a sports website. Yeah, I, I saw it too. Okay. I think on all his social media, he basically took all his Jags pictures off. Mm-hmm. I guess you can archive them, and it shuts them off. Basically, mute them, right? Correct. Well, he unmuted them, and now they're back. You know, Fournette did this. Yeah. Right. Yep. Now, there was some talk about him doing it. So, this is where I think today's athlete gets silly. I really do. Like, I'm not a big like. You know, get off my lawn guy, and yesterday's athlete was tougher than you and all that. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, the we sensitivity yeah. of today's af- athlete. Mm-hmm. And this really showcases it. Like, this is tough to defend. Like, you really, you you took off all your Jag stuff because you were mad at the Jags. What are you, 13? Like, what are we doing here? Fred's about to get blocked again. You're a grown man. I mean, what is? what do we do? Why do you care that much about it? What yeah. is this? Does it even register with people? Does it matter? Does it make you feel that much better? I don't get it. But bottom line is, that's the one thing I would say to today's athlete, that they even do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's very, and I can say this because I have one, but it's teenage girl-esque okay. to me. And and by the way, that's not a compliment. Yeah. If I'm calling an NFL player teenage girl-esque. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm not going to have one of those anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> no, at, least, at least in this instance. <laughs> okay. Uh but so he does that, and you ask the question: Will this fan base ever respect Jalen again? That's Great correct. question. Because here's the way I kind of look at it a little bit. Okay, if if you take a guy 
like Brett Favre, who retired and then goes to the New York Jets and then plays for the rival Minnesota Vikings. Like, Brett Favre was hated, okay? Like, the, the, there was literally, it was a civil war between are you a Brett Favre fan or are you a Packers fan? Because yeah. guess what? You can't have them both. No. So either, sometimes you don't realize which one you are until exactly. that player goes. So either you go be a Vikings fan or you're a Packers fan and it's screw Brett Favre. But then after he finally retired and he was done playing football, I think people started to realize just how much he meant to the community, number one, but how much he meant to the winning culture that was the Green Bay Packers. So my argument is, you know, Jalen Ramsey was here for what, three years? Four years? Three and three, 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 and, three and some change. <laughs> three and some change. Well, let's be honest, Brent. He was a big part of them going to the AFC Championship, okay? One could argue that if you didn't have Jalen Ramsey that whole year, do you go to the AFC Championship? No. So, exactly. So, my point is, is that enough to warrant one day down the line, Jaguars fans would be like, well, you know what? Yeah, obviously the last decade sucked, but at least we had that one great year, that one memorable year, and that most memorable year had a lot to do with Jalen Ramsey. So, does that, I guess, earn him a get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will, where it's like, you know what? We don't like the guy, but maybe down the line, time heals all wounds. Or is it to the fact where it's like, no matter what Jalen Ramsey can do now going forward, no matter what he says on Twitter, Jaguars fans are always going to despise him. Yeah, it's a great call, and it's a, it's a complex one, I think, and there's still so many chapters to be written on his career that I don't know if we're ready to answer that. You know, you, you take a guy, this is a great um, dynamic. Take a guy like Jalen, mm-hmm. who I think, by the way, was – I don't know if universally beloved, but appreciated, respected because his game was so good. And I think beloved by a lot of Jags fans. I mean, I, I, I would guarantee it for those first couple of years, a uh, few years. And even though the antics and some people didn't like it at times, other people absolutely loved it, you know, yeah. because he backed it up. He's a guy, you know, in so many respects in the last few months, we've talked about some of these athletes that you'd rather have on your team, but you hate him if he's not. Mm-hmm. And he was that guy. And so he gave the Jacksonville Jaguars a place where they always feel almost like have a complex about national attention and all this stuff. Jalen gave Jacksonville that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really one of the faces of the franchise, if not the face, on a national level. He was the guy people were trying to knock down the door for interviews. When was the last time, really, there was a guy around here in Jacksonville that the national media wanted to come all the time and talk on their pregame shows, like on I mean, CBS and NBC and ESPN and Fox? And by can, the way, they not only – they all, all the time couldn't get him. Yeah. You know, it's like if you had to talk to a Jags player, well, he was readily available all the time for the last however many years. Sure. Ramsey, Ramsey might sniff-arm you. You know, so he yeah. became that guy a little bit that was um, – <clears throat> You know, that helped give Jacksonville a little bit of personality, a little bit of swag, Mm -hmm. and obviously a lot of attention. And I think the last guy to do that before him may have been Maurice Jones Drew, but I don't think it was even to that kind of stratosphere with what Jalen had. No, Jalen had, I I would say, Jalen Ramsey gave the Jaguars the most national prominence a player has ever given the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I, I believe. Now, Mitch, you might be on the way to doing that. Sure, sure. And you can correct you can me if from, I'm wrong. From Taylor back in the day, maybe. Again, but. you might be able to argue that, and, and that's a little tougher for me to tell during his heyday. But it's a different landscape than, uh, than it was back then that's in terms of saying, how we cover man. sports. I mean, I, I, yeah. I tweeted a thing of Jalen Ramsey, Steve Smith commentary after that game one time. It's got two million views. Wow. Yeah. On, and that was years ago now, but, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he transcended the city limits of Jacksonville, the fan base of Jacksonville. He was an NFL personality. 
here in Jacksonville. Maurice Jones-Drew was that. The, the likeness to Maurice Jones-Drew was because of fantasy football. Mojo became this fantasy football star, and so people knew him. So that's kind of where it's relative in that sense. So from that regard, Jalen was on like a pedestal around here in, in some respects. Mm-hmm. And it was a crash and burn off that pedestal with the back, with the I want out of here. And by the way, it happened first with the back because the I want out of here, folks around here, most of them, it was a little, it was a little, uh, it was 50-50. It was kind of split. But a lot of them hated the organization for it. Correct. Yeah. Well, then the back stuff happened and the departure, and then they hated Jalen Ramsey for it. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I don't think it's a simple one. He never can go to Tennessee and play. If he goes to Tennessee and plays, well, he's the he's the devil. I mean, he is enemy number one. Yeah, and maybe he, in this franchise's history, even though that's his hometown, though. You know, I get any, it, there, but you can't go to Tennessee. There's, there's no leeway. Okay, no, okay. you can't. Okay. There's no way he gets that in his grades. And what I started to say was, so there's a guy in Jalen was it was three years here, mm-hmm. and now nobody likes him. Let's just say that that's blanket statement, but yeah. for the most part, you have and and he might spend the next ten years somewhere else. You have a guy that spent 10 years somewhere else, came here for three years, and everybody loves him, and that's Calais. And he's now gone on to another team, but people still love him and will always love him. Correct. See the difference there, which is interesting. Um, but your question is, can he get it back? Can he gain some of the love, the respect, the appreciation from what he did in 17, 18, 19, how great he was? And I, I think he'll gain a little bit of that back at times because I also think there's a part of Jalen that will grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And maybe show some appreciation back to those years here in Jacksonville. He's not willing to do that right now. He he's just as catty about that stuff as the fans are. Yeah. You know, he wants to take every shot he can at the organization, not necessarily directed at the fans, but more directed at the dysfunction, if you will, that he believes of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he's not off that. Look what he does on Twitter sometimes, right? He jumps in on those conversations. But I do think six, seven, and eight years down the road, as he becomes more of a veteran guy in the league and is like, yeah, that's way behind me, he might be a little more complimentary to his time here, appreciate even his time. He might. I'm not saying he will. And if he does that, I think that opens the door back up for a reconnection. And, and and in the long run, the organization right now will be blamed once again, uh, maybe then more than right now, will be blamed for the departure of Jalen Ramsey. Because it will always come back to how did you not keep one of the greatest players? He yeah. was on pace to become one of the best players in franchise history. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I don't think he already gets in that category, but he was on pace to. And eight years down the road, Jags fans will be like, how did you get rid of how did you? How did we let somebody like that get away? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's more organizational fault than player fault. Yeah. But I think Jalen has to kind of open that door up a little bit uh, to welcome the fans back in, and he's doing nothing of the sort since yeah. he left. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you it's for the most part. I mean, it, it stems on if Jalen Ramsey even cares about it, right? Because, like, when you see a lot of these cases happen with professional athletes, it's because they had a lot of great memories, you know, when <clears throat> when they're in town. But like to Don't be get fair, too emotional. Though. I know, right? But to be fair, Jalen only had that one good memory. You know, he only had that one good season. Everything else was kind of just a wash. So I wonder if, from Jalen's perspective, if it's even trying to worth salvaging because you know what? Yeah, we had that one good season in Jacksonville. Everything else was kind of a nightmare. So, like, to him, it could be just like, you know, what's the point of him going on my way to try to make things right? I don't think he will. I I don't think he cares that much about it. But he might do it almost by accident later in his career. Uh, More on this, uh, more on the pandemic uh, when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.